we've got a special beer today, Dave. Yeah, uh, interesting one. We're doing it so you don't have to at home, everyone. <laughs> well, not that you don't have to. It's just, uh, just so you can make a more informed decision about yeah, it. Yeah, it's the Crown Ambassador from 2013. Normally, uh, it's their reserve lager. I'm assuming most people would be across it, but just in case you aren't, it's a 10.3% dark barrel-aged lager from Crown. For people that are over overseas, that's the same people that make Foster's. Crown is kind of seen as a, a pretty average lager at a high price. Um, and this is their annual reserve release, which is at a, a very high price. Extremely high price. It's about 100 bucks, right? It's retail at 99.95. Yep. Yeah. Um, which there aren't too many beers at that price point. So no, it's going to want to be good to um, weigh in anywhere with the comparable sort of beers. So we got ours for 50, half price. Just, you know, how we do. We sniff out these bargains. Just saw it on a shelf and I thought, well... It's probably worth 50 to know what it's like. Um, but we thought we uncovered a bit of a conspiracy along the way. We sure did. Interestingly enough, um, was it the original vintage? Yep. Was um, gifted to various dignitaries around the world, including sure was. the Queen um, uh, and some people that had uh, achieved some sport. Well, there was Steve oh, Waugh. Steve Waugh was one of them. Uh, he got the bottle based on his, um, I think, number of test matches that he played. Mm-hmm. You got a Shane Warne. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he got a bottle. Uh, John Eels, World Cup winning captain at the time. These are all understandably. Yep. And then Jimmy Bartel. Interesting. AFL player Jimmy Bartel. Uh, I was. He wouldn't be the pick of the a- no, AFL players. No, that's an out of that group of people. He's no queen. I'll he's, give you that. He's no queen. He's no Shane Warne. He's no True. Steve War. So, uh, we kind of went looking for that as, as to why. We smelled a rat, essentially. Yeah, and what we uncovered was the year after, they had the first ever best dressed for the Brownlows. Mm-hmm. Sponsored by who? Crown. Funnily enough. The winner of that one, best the dressed man, man himself, Jimmy Bartel. Jimmy Bartel. Interesting that in a uh, black tie event where all the men seemingly wear the same thing, uh, who came up as came up Trumps? Yeah, so we look. I actually started typing up an email to the CUB marketing lady, and why said, "Listen, lady, we've rumbled you. What's going on here? What? What do you? Why are you like so engaged with Jimmy Bartel? What's he? What's he given you? Yeah. What's the arrangement here? And as I was typing it, I thought, as I was typing, it, I said, you know, John Eels, World Cup captain. It's, it's obvious. All these are obvious things. It's not like he won the Brownlow the year before. Yeah, exactly. And then it twigged. He won the Brownlow the year before, which, for, for those that don't know, is probably the, the, the best player Best of individual honour in the AFL. Yeah. yeah. So, I guess that kind of makes sense. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. Give it to the Brownlow winner. Whatever. And then the next year, the black tie thing was just won by someone. I think Adam Goods won it. Uh, he was just wearing a black tie. And I don't think they had it anymore. And I don't know if there really was a conspiracy. before you guys got here. Mm-hmm. So you missed out on the magic behind it the scenes. It seems like we're just jumping into it, but we're very yeah. prepared. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
We've got Scott and Renee from Wolf of the Willows with us. How are you guys going? Good, thank you. Very well. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yourself? Yeah, it's been a, a while before, well, since we started chatting about getting you guys on the show and it's finally happening, which is good. Um, you guys aren't far from opening up a brewery, but we'll talk. First, let's talk about the, the Crown Reserve Lager, the $100 bottle of beer. What are, anyone got any thoughts, any hot takes on it? Massively oaky on the nose. What did we say? It's, I can't remember the notes, but it's, what, three months on oak, I yeah. think? But, um, gee, you get a good whack of it on the nose, don't you? That was my first thought, but now it's kind of mellowed out a bit. And it's almost tasting, uh, maybe toffee. Yeah, I'm getting a lot of marmalade and stone fruit off it. Hmm. And it's pretty clear, too, considering it's been on oak. Mm-hmm. Pretty um, clear. Tastes kind of sticky. Yeah. For, what, 2013, so it's just on two years old, 9, 9.6%. We were wrong in the cold opening. Um, we're always wrong all over the place. So <laughs> that's all right, yeah. um, I think it's pretty good. I actually quite like it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd pay $100 for one. Yeah, no, I don't think, like, it's, the issue isn't if it's going to be good or not. I mean, they had that hideous floor in 2010 or whatever it was. Yep. But um, it's a good beer, but guys... Reduce the garbage packaging and just put it out for 40 bucks or something like that. We'll, we'll put a photo of packaging up on the, on the website. <laughs> what are the um, comparable sort of beers at that sort of price point? Clout Stout? Clout Stout. Uh, in terms of Australian beers, Clout yeah, yeah. Stout. Uh, uh, used to be Beelzebub's Jewels, but they've reduced the packaging size, so mm. that's not really in the same ballpark anymore. There's not really much mm. else around, is there? You're obviously earning a lot off the... Uh, the podcast because we don't buy beer at 100 bucks a bottle so neither are we no <laughs> outrageous so that's i, I haven't i haven't bought ever bought a clout stout i've had a mm. taste at a bar um i yeah, really bought, didn't I, love it i bought one it was really good but i mean 75 bucks or whatever is it remember at the uh back of the aibas uh one year when they were going through the stouts the clout stout out the back after the judges had tasted everyone just Zoomed in straight <laughs> for that, <laughs> and literally for the next half an hour, things moved at a pretty slow pace. But that is funny though, because it's a good beer. But I would have thought that at a at an Aber tasting, you'd probably mm. have some other targets to hunt it, down before you. But it's the idea of when are you going to try it? Like in this, in the case yeah, of this true. one, the only reason we bought it was fifty bucks, and we yeah. thought, mm. well, fifty bucks, twenty five each. I kind of want to know for the sake of like. a show. Why the hell not? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and it's kind of a good one to have when there's two guests so we don't have to drink yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. heaps of it because it's yeah. a, a <coughs> very boozy beer. Um, you mentioned the packaging, Dave, and I think that's interesting because it's clearly aimed at like guys that have their own bar with sports memorabilia in it. Yeah, to pre- like a, as a presentation piece rather than anything. And I agree with that, but what it seems to me like they've done is that they've gone, we need, we've got to produce this beer, we're going to charge it $99 a bottle. How do we get it up to that value and they've sort of built it around that because we all know it ain't the beer that's <laughs> that's that value for mm. 750 mils but um it's certainly a spectacle though well i clearly like when they were coming up with it because it's only started in 2008 so it's not a thing they've been doing for a long time y- you know in every meeting they had they said we want to be like grange we want to make it the grange for beer and so that's why they priced it at 100 bucks i think I don't know if they could charge more for that than that, but I think pricing at that point does give it that. Well, it's that, you know, looking for a sign of affluence. You know, as you said, in your bar, you can put it up there. 
put it up next to the expensive bottles of you know, Johnny Walker and yeah, Johnny Walker Black. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and I guess it's it's that's the market for it, right? Yeah. It's not it's not us per se yeah. that are going to sit here and pick it apart and go, well, I could probably buy a, a Lambic for thirty bucks, which has been in barrels for three years or whatever. Um, people that, that yeah, people people that are familiar with the brand and they know their friends are and. They want to have something a little bit. They want to impress their mates a little bit. Mm. It's all packaged up in a nice little, you know, yeah. box, and maybe a bit over the top, but you know. But uh, the the red satin <laughs> was a bit. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put a picture what? on the on the site. Yeah. Just to cutting off my sheets, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't even get it out. Well, you say we. I, 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 I did it without it any trouble. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah. It had a wax top, wax and no cork. I thought was interesting. Mm. I thought maybe you could, hundred bucks, get a cork in there. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> Increases the increases their their bottom line, so um, that's no good. Would you guys ever do a beer in a packaging that's not maybe that elaborate? But oh, look, I think you've you got to try to aspire to have something that is beautiful in its own right on the shelf to attract people to actually consider it. It's probably not the way we'd go in terms of environmental sustainability to have that <laughs> mini coffin sitting there. But um, That's exactly what it is, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. I've been lugging around in my bag all day as well. It's like, it's a weight. I, I could see an action hero coming out of that, yeah. you know, being presented in the toy shop. Our but kids would have a lot of fun with that, yeah. actually. Yeah. Yeah. They can have the box. I, yeah, yeah, I, I might take yeah. it back. Yeah. That's all right. Because, yeah. yeah, I looked at it and I, like, I don't know what I'd do with it. Like, you don't really want to throw it out because it's no, most of the cost. It's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> the irony is that someone who put that on their mantelpiece or in their sports bar would not like this beer. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It'd be an interesting yeah. one to try out on. I know my um, girlfriend's uncle has a bottle behind his bar. Yeah, right. That's pretty much the situation we described. Um, and I, I, yeah, I wonder what his thoughts are because mm. I think we gave him or Emma's dad shared with him a bottle of Scotch Ale from Moylands and he hated it that he just thought it was horrible so this probably an abs- isn't too an far abs- different yeah exactly I reckon it's Scotch Ale kind of barley wine midway between the two of them I really I would have liked to try it fresh it's definitely aged and you've got that toffee malt coming yeah. out so yeah and this one I think all of them they use fresh hops uh, so I guess that's interesting making a Vintage beer with fresh hops, fresh hops, and sort of highlighting that. Yeah, yeah, to me, it seems like they've only put them in there for marketing, right? Yeah. So they can say we've used the freshest hops, Australian hops, and I don't know if at this point they're adding anything at all. You're right, though. It would make it interesting to try fresh. Mm. Do you know how much they produce when they actually do it? Uh, Five thousand bottles, I think. Maybe ten thousand for this one. So with I'm just trying to think of where that. It must be their pilot system. They brew it on ten thousand bottles. I don't know. They they, yeah. they used to do a media brew where they'd taste like they'd come along for a lunch and yep. taste other ones and, and they'd brew it with them. Okay. I never got an invite, so I don't know if that <laughs> that happens or how it looked. Maybe CUB, if you're listening, <laughs> Dave and I would love to come along. <laughs> yeah, I I really like it. Mm. If it wasn't, if it was twenty bucks a bottle, I'd probably happily put one in the cellar and drink it again. Dave, what do you think? That's the sort of price point that makes sense. As a beer, I would have thought. Um, yeah, sorry, I'm just reading the some of the information. Yeah, I think it's been well brewed. Like the alcohol warmth is there, but it doesn't. It's not burning as it goes through. Yeah, no, you wouldn't. I, don't, I wouldn't pick the number. I would yeah. have thought, uh, alcohol wise. I mean, the mouth feels pretty 
it's quite viscous for me, which mm. I like a heavier body beer, but yeah, I couldn't drink a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely wouldn't want to sit there and drink 750 yeah. mils of it by myself. No, but I mean, that's, um, I guess, you don't present a beer no. like that. True. For, for you to sit there and yep. just dome it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of a worry, that was the case. <laughs> I don't know if too many people are grabbing their Crown Ambassador for <laughs> Friday Night Footy. And, uh, yeah. wow. <laughs> it would be a great one, like, if someone, you know, say if my girlfriend came home and I had that on the thing. What are you drinking? I guess this. this is <laughs> big box. <laughs> Every day is a celebration. Yeah, yeah. Come well, <laughs> that's the thing, right? Isn't the celebration of opening the beer, opening the beer, mm. rather that's than right. celebrate with a $100 bottle yep. to yourself? Enjoy. What do you think, Renee? Are you sold? Um, oh, it's probably not my kind of beer. It's a bit too, yeah, sort of sweet and, yeah, sort of get the kind of candied orange, which I'm not, not a big fan of, so mm. sorry about that, but to be honest. Um, it's a lager yeast, I think, so I think it might lead to the sort of the, the drier finish, I guess. Yep. Um, hmm. No, I'd just be interesting to try it before it went on the oak too because I reckon the, the mouthfeel has come a lot from mm-hmm. the oak. Mm. Uh, I wonder whether it might have appealed to my palate personally more before it had gone onto the oak. Um, yeah, I'm not huge on, on oak. During like Gabs this year, there was a number of oaked beers that mm. I thought were just all oak and nothing else. And I, I, I don't know whether or not I'm sort of more sensitive to, to that flavour, but... If there's too much of it, like, I, I also think it. that oak sort of hits you initially and then sort of chills out a little bit. And when you got like that 85 mil sample, it's a big whack of oak mm-hmm. and then yeah. it's gone before you let it develop as a beer. True. So, mm-hmm. um, I'd, yeah, it did seem to be a pretty consistent theme this year, Gabs, didn't it? Mm. Mm. So, Wolf of the Willows, let's, uh, let's move on from Crown and, and those guys getting the press. <laughs> How's it going? You guys are, how old are you now? As a brewery, we'll say, not not personally. Coming up to a year in November. Mm. Mm. Yep. So, pretty and young. you been contract brewing until now, uh, but what's in the works? Uh, well, technically gypsy brewing. Luke, gypsy, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yes. Let's get what's the difference? <laughs> uh, I still brew the beer, but we've been lucky enough to have the opportunity to brew at Cavalier uh, with a bunch of other Melbourne-based brewers who have all started there and... Uh, that you know, I'm coming from a homebrewing background has been you know, instrumental in learning a lot from Cavalier guys and all the other breweries that have been in there. And uh, yeah, it's a touchy subject, mate. Contract brewing. <laughs> <laughs> Should it be though? Like it, it used to be like five years ago, it was massively touchy. Mm. Like people were just mm. narky about it. But now people are, I think, a little bit more accepting, aren't they? Look, I think everyone's got their personal opinion on it. Um, I suppose I come from a family background where you know, I grew up on a farm. My dad did everything, like whether you fix the car, whether you... Uh, it's pretty graphic, but you, know, you helped calves being born, you did everything yourself. And um, to me, like for us to get into the brewing industry is not about just selling beer. It's actually about being satisfied with what we produce at the other side and uh yeah i like getting my hands dirty so mm. for me that's that's only my personal opinion but yeah. um for others so be it do do what makes you feel happy and content but for me and, and for renee as well you know renee comes to all the all the bottling days 
she's certainly been there lugging grain around when we're doing our pilot brews and all those type of things so hmm. I think also a lot of the negative connotations with contract brewing was the uh, dishonesty around it, or uh, not even dishonesty, but just uh, it wasn't transparent what the yeah. situation was, and that puts a lot of people off, and which is fair enough, I think. But hmm. um, there's also, and there's still a number of the the beers that have given contract brewing a bad name, which are, you know, some marketers come up with an idea and go on, hey, we can make a beer, let's farm out the thing, and we'll do yeah. the label, and you know, there's definitely five years ago there's heaps of those around and they're all pretty pretty average so well that's probably another point that at least with gypsy brewing you know i'm mastermind domain it means that i can keep an eye on what's going on if there's a problem with the beer it's my fault you can't point the finger at mm-hmm. someone else and that um breeds consistency the quality um you know that said look you know in the future depending on what happens with our business, we may have to contract brew at some stage. So I'm not against it. Mm. I just have to make sure that it would be people that feel, well, that exemplify the same, um, you know, opinions on quality and really follow through on their processes. So, mm. yeah. Now there seems to be increasing places that, that are doing mm-hmm. that well. And, and I suppose if you look at, you know, contract brewing five years ago, it's like Brewpack, um, Southern Bay, um, now, obviously, Hawkers has come into the market and, you know, they're not pasteurising beers. They're actually producing craft, you know, whatever the definition that has, but craft quality beer that still, to me, stays true to the characteristics of, you know, only slight filtration if it's needed, but definitely not pasteurised and using malt, you know, hops as they, as they are intended to be, not extracts or a lot. So, moving away from the gypsy space at the moment, building your own brewery? Yeah. In conjunction with another brewer, is that right? Correct. Um, so, uh, Renee and I have partnered with another another business, another brewery called Bad Shepherd, uh, which is a, another husband and wife team, uh, Derek and Diddy Hales. Do they uh, have beers on the market at the moment? No, they're... Um, so, Derek um, comes from a home brewing background the same as I do. Um, we actually met through the uh, uh, Tap House's Ale Stars, kind of monthly beer nerd club. Yep. That's exactly yeah. what it is. Yeah. Good excuse to get <laughs> pissed once yeah, a month, yeah. I think. On Tuesday or whatever <laughs> it is. Yeah. <laughs> Tuesday, 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 Tuesday drinking session. It's <laughs> educational. <laughs> Inverted commas. <laughs> <coughs> we'll move straight along here. Um, <laughs> uh, so, no, Derek and I met through there and we, uh, I suppose we're moving in the same direction I kind of had the idea that we both wanted to have, I suppose, 100% independent businesses in terms of the financial aspects of them and realised when we, you know, separately when we'd done the sums that that's a pretty <laughs> pretty steep hill to climb um, without having, I suppose, a, some other way to reduce your costs and we looked at the Cavalier model of um, sharing equipment uh, ours is different from the Cavalier model. We were actually buying individual pieces of equipment. Each each business buys an individual piece of equipment and then we actually license it to each other. Um, we share the same space. Um, but it means that we don't have to spend yeah, close to a million bucks on a, <laughs> on a brewing setup, so individually at least. So. 
So it's going to be down in Cheltenham, is that right? Correct. So Bayside, Melbourne. Um, that's where we, Derek and Diddy live. That's where we live. We think there's a pretty big opportunity down in Bayside for craft beer to actually get a stronghold. You know, obviously in the north and now the west, and, uh, it's craft beers, you know, pretty prevalent. But Bayside's probably lagging behind and. You know, we've got two brothers and now Boat Rocker opening up their barrel room down there as well. We hope that it will become, and sorry, and obviously Dan Dayton down in Caram Downs mm-hmm. and then obviously Mornington and Red Hill and... Kaiju and Danny. Oh, Kaiju and yeah. Dandy South too. Exit. Um, and Exit as well. Um, so, yeah, we just hope that, well, we believe that that area will become another craft beer destination. It's great to see places opening up Especially, I guess, for, for quite a while in Melbourne, we had Cavalier was really doing most of the beer you'd see in Melbourne pubs that was coming from Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of great to see the people that were, were brewing there now sort of spreading out and setting up places in suburbs where it's kind of... You can, you're the, the local beer for that suburb. And it's something I, I think is kind of important to have locals drinking your beer, right? Is that something that's important to you? Definitely. Like, you know, we, we want to have a place that really embodies a bit of community and you know if we can do that that's what we'd be pretty proud of really. so it's a salad door as well yes so it will be a restaurant uh bad shepherd will be the um they'll, they'll organize all that and manage all that we'll have a couple of taps in there as well and um yeah it should it's be it's hopefully a little so it'll be a smokehouse mm. um like southern american comfort food which bad shepherd will run that's the uh, brainchild of diddy she uh <laughs> She's put a few kilos on me in the last uh, 12 months, I assure you. So, um, uh, yeah, just, you know, good, honest food. Obviously, uh, you know, to be able to be matched with beers, make you sit there and go into that food coma. Um, Wonderful. But, uh, yeah, so they will be running the restaurant and bar and we'll be sharing the brewery. So, Is the brewery split going to be 50-50? Uh, no, it's not far off it. Yeah, it's okay. a few little... Yeah, I won't go into the details. It's not as easy as just doing mm-hmm. it that way. Um, as we progress through, you know, it, like any big projects, little costs come up and we're having to kind of split them here, there and everywhere. Mm-hmm. And we don't, we don't actually know where it'll net out exactly. Um, but that's probably the beauty of dealing with, you know, two people that are pretty open-minded, pretty honest and pretty straight up. So, mm. Mm. You were home brewer for, for a while. Um, yep. So you just, you've just gone from home brewer to, to commercial brewer? Yeah. yeah. Was that <laughs> scary the first time you put uh, out a commercial batch? I, I literally lost about five kilos <laughs> and didn't sleep for about two weeks, mate. I, I kid you not. Like it, right. um, um, yeah, look, it was. Look, you know, you're putting a lot of money on the line and um, there's a lot of different variables you have to consider. Obviously, the beer being the most important one and uh, but also... You know, storage, transportation, um, how you're going to sell it, credit apps, <laughs> you know, little things, how you're going to get paid. You know, that, that's where Cavalier and that environment has been really helpful. Like, you know, there's quite a number of other really experienced brewers in there and people have been very generous with their time with myself and Renee. And, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, meant that, you know, I'm very, you know, look, at, at some stage... I'd love to do more formal training, but the time doesn't allow it at the moment. And I personally believe that if you 
if you're willing to listen to others and ask questions and not you know, have to be too full of yourself, then you can learn a lot in a practical sense, not just a theoretical one. And, and apart from that, there's so many different books and podcasts and alike now these days. If you're willing to learn, you'll find the information. Well, the Australian Homebrewer Forum, AussieHomebrewers.com, I think it is. Yep. Uh, were you a user of that? Uh, that I didn't or don't use personally. Because um, I guess that's kind of such a good example of homebrewers being really um, open and sharing and, and the knowledge that you see passed around that and, and other, I guess, other homebrew forums. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting to watch it grow uh, and people are now going commercial based on all this knowledge they're building. Yeah. I think to me personally, like I'm a, a member of Bayside Homebrewers Club and I'll give them a little plug. They've got an event coming up at Higginbotham uh, uh, Winery, 11th of October. It's their Oktoberfest. Great. We'll put a link up to it on the, mm-hmm. on the show yeah. notes. Um, which is basically a bunch of German brew beers, or German-style beers, all brewed by members of the Homebrew Club and exceptional quality. Mm. And I, I actually found that environment a lot more... Uh, it was a lot more worthwhile because... If you, if you look on the, the forums and are like, that's someone's opinion that they put up there and they're, they're not actually personally talking to you and it, that information may or may not be correct. Whereas if you're talking to someone face-to-face, they're more likely to give you straight-up peer-reviewed information. Mm. And, of course, through the, you know, the homebrew clubs, there's all these competitions and it's very, you know, you look at Vic Brew and Australian Homebrew Championships. Yeah. Like Some of the judges and the feedback you get through those that environment is hugely beneficial, mm. hugely beneficial. There does seem to be guys out there that have been homebrewing for, for years. Yeah. And they know just an infinite <laughs> amount, but they're not, they're only sort of sharing it within that community. Um, you know, sort of even famous examples like um, I think Jamil from exactly. um, various, you know, various He's things. He's yeah. Yeah, and he was a rock star homebrewer for years. And when he turned pro, it was like, Everyone knew about him because he was a home. Those, 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 you know, um, Brew Strong, which is obviously uh, one of Jamil, uh, Jamil's podcasts, has been instrumental in my knowledge. You know, literally, you can sit there in the car and just nerd out to all this lovely, you know, <laughs> <laughs> brewing information and just really let it seep in. And I think, you know, in, in their Bayside Homebrew Club, there's some guys that, you know, like we're talking, you know, biochemists and people who are. Um, looking into you know cures for cancer like these type of that type of information being applied in a homebrew environment you'd be mm. surprised at how clinical and how um, scientific it can actually can actually be mm. i went to the um the lead up dinner for the australian national homebrewers conference either early this year or late last mm, year last year I think. whatever whichever one it was and yeah it's a different community of people than we normally see at beer events yeah and they are just so excited to get together with the other people who do homebrew and just talk about whatever the last person's batch was that they heard they were making and see how it went and see what they changed about it so keen to um find out and share the information and give give and take feedback um it's got to be a really helpful supportive environment yeah, yeah I'm, I'm very thankful and there's yeah quite a few people out there that um, been very, very generous with their time through that club as well. Will you keep homebrewing? Yeah. You? Yep. 
I'm going to do pilot brews, mate. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, I get to drink beer at home during the day. While yeah. I, um, <laughs> Got to keep the beer stocks up at home. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, do you have a pretty a big setup at home? Have you got a tap system running and anything like that? Oh, we've got two taps, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's about 50 litre or 90 litre. Uh, we, can, we can put out 90 litres at home. Yeah. What's your go-to beer that you like to have on at home? XPA is always on. Mm-hmm. So that's the one you've now scaled up to being commercial. Uh, a top 100 beer according to the top 100 beers this year. Yeah, we got in 100. Number pretty 100. happy. But that, was qu- <laughs> that w- wasn't long after you'd released it though. That was unbelievable. Yeah, we had one batch in market and sold about two thirds of it. So probably about eighteen hundred liters would have been consumed. So we were um, yeah. So that's yeah, not much at all. Pretty, yeah. pretty chuffed yeah. with that. It was really like it was like well received when it hit the market. Did that eat, like get you to sleeping <laughs> and, <laughs> and eating properly? Yeah, yeah. We um, yeah, we did a couple of high fives. To yeah. be frank, Great. Um, <laughs> it was. A bit overwhelming, though, with the response. It was almost, yeah. That was a bit sleepless nights as well. Like, oh, wow, <laughs> gosh. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it was, yeah, we were pretty, pretty humbled. Yeah. yeah. yeah it was pretty gratifying, was actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, obviously, um, you've just got to keep on backing it up. And that's where we've made sure that we get that consistency and um, keep on exposing new people to the beer through our sales channels and the like. Mm-hmm. So... Um, so you've got three beers out now, mm-hmm. uh, the XPA, the ISA, and then the JSP, right? Correct. That's a lot of our acronyms there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really like the India Saison, the ISA. Um, Thank that's you. such a really uh, a good beer, and I think that changed really well. Um, I know you've got a bottle you brought along that we should probably uh, taste soon, mm-hmm. see how it's changed. Um, how long has it been, sorry, since you bottled the... So that that bottle would be five months old now. Okay. So obviously India referring to uh, uh, you know, a late hop regime. Uh, it's been, it's, you know, it, it never lasted that long when we were brewing it at home. So it's been pretty interesting to watch it evolve and mm. uh, just further... <laughs> I suppose increases my love for saison and the way that that yeast can really adapt and you know bring out new characters as it comes through. Which saison did yeast did you use? Uh, so it's the just the Bella saison, yep. dry saison yeast. Um, supposedly the, the Belgian-based saison yeast. Um, we would love to, and we will experiment with obviously certain yeast banks coming across from the states once we've got our own brewery and we can actually recycle yeast but mm. it's challenging to do that within the environment we're brewing in at the moment mm. and the jsp is a was it johnny smoked porter is johnny johnny smoked porter so tell us about that one uh that comes from we, look we usually on a sunday it's cooking day and drinking beer day so obviously food and beer yeah anyone that enjoys a beer probably enjoys their food as well so we love to smoke a lot of foods and uh, it was a pretty obvious uh, I suppose outcome to have a smoked beer of some form but to me you know traditional Bamberg smoked beers are they're pretty full-on like they um, there's a German expression 
like don't speak German basically. <laughs> the first mouthful of a smoked beer you hate it, the second it's okay. By the third you actually fall in love with it. Yeah. And to me it just wanted a bit of a smoky undertone but nicely balanced with obviously the sweetness of some of the crystal malts and just a little bit of roast coffee and chocolate coming through as well and mm. you know you like I'll, I'll, I can drink that pot after pot yeah. um, some people will prefer it with food uh, or alternatively after they've had a meal as well kind of it's a beer that it's it surprised me some a lot of different people have come up and said they enjoyed it at different times so mm. I think I've only had one try of it when, when it first came out um, and I really enjoyed it I'm probably the same as you in terms of smoked beers I mm. don't like that um, that big smokiness. I saying that I, I quite like the Yeasty Boys ones. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe <laughs> maybe because they're so wrong, they're right. But it, it's definitely kind of subtle, and there's that roastiness to sort of back it up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just you know all smoke and then dry. Um, yeah, it's one that I, I really enjoyed. Have you tried that one, Dave? Yeah, um, smoked porters aren't what's on my radar mm-hmm. for something that I want to grab if I <laughs> see it in a bottle shop. Um, Yours is great. It's really balanced. Uh, the smoke isn't overpowering. It's really balanced beer. You guys are flying. I can't think of a brewery that's um, opened or a brand where the leading three beers have been as strong. You're making me blush, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I can't <laughs> see you. it over we, the, over the airways. Yeah. Um, so what are we going to expect coming out of the brewery? Is there going to be different beers, new beers, same beers? Um First of all, it'd be nice to have our own toys. So we um, will look. There's a couple of things a little bit secret at the moment, of course. Uh, but can't give us a scoop. <laughs> we will we do never it. get scoops. No, no. Well, okay. Uh, <laughs> you don't have. Sorry, you don't have. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm just playing hard to get. But um, no, we'll do a saison series over summer. Great, um, great idea. Yeah. Like obviously, our name comes from hops, but. Uh, in terms of a yeast that we absolutely love, Saison is by far our most favourite yeast and by association that style. And, you know, we, we, we've been experimenting with various different things. And, and actually, this is part of the Bayside Brewing Club. Like, you know, that, that type of environment really, I suppose, makes you think about not the restrictions of how you can brew, but how you can kind of stretch things, but still keep it within a certain style. And yeah, so we'll, we'll do a saison series with a bunch of different variations on that on that beer, and see how you know, what people enjoy. And we we hope that for the Australian climate, I think saison is perfect. And mm. you know, it's I, I know you you're both big fans of them, so we're all birds of a feather. But it still hasn't hit its straps, and you know, particularly being Bayside, close to the beach, we really think that there is an opportunity to perhaps enlighten a few pellets and I, I also think that Saison really suits a tr- traditional um, perhaps wine drinkers palate that doesn't really like beer but they might try it if it's light enough and in the, in the right context so the carbonation as well I think helps that it has that if, bingo if, if essence finally got Nailed that it. <laughs> 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 the, I think you know you you standard drafts or, or lagers that you get in yep. Australia don't really have they're yep. all pretty much dead as soon as they hit the glass um, putting a, a bright saison with a, a nice, exciting head on it. Such a lovely word too, bright. And mm. I think that, you know, with bright comes refreshment and it doesn't have to be 8%. You know, you can you can do a 3.5% saison and it's just still got heaps of character and beauty and, 
you know, you can either just drink it or you can really dig deeper into it if you want to. Mm. And, you know, and look, we should crack that bottle because, mm. um, yeah, I'm you know, I, I think... Are my keys around somewhere? Well, let's, um, let's take a short break right. and we'll uh, get organised so we don't do that while we're recording and sure. uh, come back. We've just got a pour of the India says on ale. How, how old is this one? Uh, about You're about to talk into your glass then, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've done that I got so confused. many times. Yeah. <laughs> um, the glass is a lot more attractive than the microphone. So, um, Tastes better. <laughs> uh, about five months now. So just been sitting in the bottle, but obviously stored correctly. I actually haven't smelled we it yet. We've had a little bit of a discussion about it off air, and you're right. It has it has definitely evolved a little bit, but. There's still definitely a strong aroma of hop there. Probably just the yeast character is a bit more prominent. Yeah, but I mean the hop isn't gone though. It's still there. It's it's still really citrusy, and and I think the yeasts and the hop are almost combining in that sense. Would, would, yeah. would you think that's accurate? Yeah, correct. I think um, the objective for the beer was always to have, you know, an IPA hopping regime, but blended and balanced with the the yeast character, and with a lot of pilot brews didn't work. Yeah, right. Perfectly frank with so, you. So what went wrong? Uh, quite phenolic. Yep. Particularly because it's got rye in it as well. So, sorry, when I say phenolic, really spicy and really a lingering rear palate. It, it, I wouldn't say it was... Um, well, I found it a little bit off-putting because usually when I get a really phenolic beer, I think I think it's been cooked. That's what I associate it with. It. Mm. Um, so, but with this right now, like I'm getting... It's, it's almost like it's reverted back to when it was really fresh, like a real passion fruit punch coming through. Um, but without the kind of grassiness and greenness of the hops that it had initially. Um, which it probably I think is more rye than I remember from a fresh yeah. batch, but it's quite short. It's quite spicy and yep. peppery, and then it's a uh, very dry finish still, yep. so um matured pretty well. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of this beer, and it's kind of... I don't know whether it's the, the mouthfeel and the kind of the, the clean finish, because um, I think there's a risk when you're doing a... India says on because you're going to have two quite big flavors competing, right? Correct. It's, two, it's Mike Tyson Holyfield, and yeah, the, you know, someone's going to get the area button off at some point. Correct. Um, <laughs> but this, I think that they don't give him too much for that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, so, what hops did you use in this? So this is um, a lot of Ella, which is Australian hop mm. that. Um, I think it's got a lot of positive characteristics going for it. Uh, uh, Mosaic, Citra and, and Nelson. Mm. Uh, well, they're the flavour and aroma hops. Um, so Ella uh, is an interesting one mm-hmm. because, or well for me it is, I think, I'm sure we've talked about this before, where it has a stone fruit. To me it's stone fruit, kind of melon. and I get a lot of stone fruit off it. Yeah, and it's not huge, yeah. like in your face, you know, like the Kiwi hops or the American hops. The Australian hops are coming through kind of more subtle. and yep. I feel like people are still trying to work out how to use that best. And I think Saison's, they actually work really well. Totally agree with you. I think that it's it's not as prominent as Galaxy. Like Galaxy has, for an Australian hop, a real... Like if it's in a beer, you know it's in a beer. Whereas I think Ella can kind of hide and support other hops quite well. And... It, it does it without having kind of a roughness to it. Mm. To be frank, I think a lot of Australian hops don't have the refined kind of flavour that some of the 
North American do or even some of the Kiwis. Some of the Kiwis like Ruwaka and a lot can be really kind of granularly and grating. Yeah. I don't know. Um, whereas Ella's just, yeah, it's got a lot of class to it, I think, mm. personally. Classy hop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lovely lady. <laughs> well, it's a classy name, right? It used to be called Stella, but now they've mm-hmm. had yeah, to It's much more ST. refined, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Saison series, mm-hmm. what, when you put them out, what are you going to be sort of changing along the way? The India Saison's got rye and oats in the malt bill. And what we'll do for the Saison series is we'll have the same malt bill, which will be a traditional Saison, you know, Pilsner, wheat. We might experiment with a bit of rice in one or two of them just to really lighten it up and then let the the other either hops or other additives that we put into it shine through so that people can actually go, right, I, I know the Saison base beer. This is how I perceive and taste this particular, whether it might be a tea or um, certain experimental hops, just to kind of... Oh, it's just a way for us to brew different beers that we want to drink but um, <laughs> more to kind of I suppose take the if, if people want to drink each beer they'll be able to compare and contrast they go along a bit of education as well as just drinking a beer I think it's a great idea yeah, yeah. and um, and Saison's kind of a, a good style for that and you know traditionally Saison is there's no real meaning for it right it, it, exactly it, no one really knows what a Saison should be um, you know nowadays it's distinctive yeast and, and sort of that clean characteristic but yeah, traditionally it was whatever they had lying around most of the time. And, and, and that's, the Saison's for me just have the most beautiful eclectic history because it is just a bunch of farmers throwing a bunch of grains in, usually old dairy equipment, mm. square fermenters, open top fermenters. It, and as you said, there's just so much, no one really can, well the Belgians may, but you know, no one should get their nose out of joint because we're mucking around with it. Whereas right. it, it's probably the most, the style that has the most, variability in it from a you know tr- uh, defined point of view and when you look at what's happening in the states at the moment that's you know hill farmstead are now the number one brewery in the world and they pretty incredible pretty much just do saisons yeah. um, they do a few other sort of pails but they're yeah. famous for that and you know people have been saying saisons kind of the next big thing for a while now and now it's kind of finally happening um we've seen last Irene in australia you know f- 10 years ago if you said some a brewery is going to come out and everyone's going to be unanimously in support of and they're only going to make saisons i don't think anyone would have said that would work no. uh, but now the market seems to be ready it's all about timing i think and you know, obviously you know costa's doing some brilliant stuff uh with his beers and you know recycling yeast and you know playing around with house yeast strains which i'm extremely jealous of i think it's i think it's brilliant and um, in Australia, that if if more people do that, it just builds the collective wisdom that we have as a you know a group of group of businesses and a group of you know, brewers. So, mm. so we sort of mentioned um, marketing was quite early on. Um, Renee, you do all the the sales and the marketing, is that right? Yes, I do. Um, yeah, a lot of the orders, and we uh, look after the sales. We're mainly based around sort of Bayside area. I'm looking after that, but we've got. Um, Trent from Hemlock mm-hmm. Distribution looking after the beers sort of north side and regional. But, yeah, it's a bit of work in it. But What's, what's your background? Like uh, home brewer to pro brewer? Are you, yeah. you a home marketer? To uh, no, well, <laughs> I <laughs> certainly not. No, I did work in the wine industry uh, previous, 
pre-kids and all that stuff. But, um, yes, I worked for a wine distribution company and worked in their marketing department and assisted the sales department. So, yeah, wine over to beer now. So how, how have you found the reception to the beers as the, the salesperson? Uh, uh, we, yeah, really good, actually. Um, and I think it's nice. It, it feels good to go out there and feel part of something that we own and we run ourselves. So, yeah, I've had a really good reception from people. It's basically mostly cold calling. So, yeah, it's uh, a big uh, learning curve for me at least. But, uh, yeah, I'm still enjoying it, which is the main thing. So, yeah. How did you approach it, like? Did you just start ringing people? Pretty much, yeah. Um, I mean, look, I, I used to work in hospitality uh, years before, you know, wine in the wine marketing. So um, I had a f- still had a few people in the industry working in hospitality, which helped. And then, yeah, from there, just basically walking into places and saying, hey, why don't you try some beer? So, yeah, most of the time they they were pretty... Receptive. Saw you guys at a mini tap takeover down at Grape and Grain in Moravin, which is uh, essentially going to be a local market. It was a bonanza night down there. What sort of feedback did you get from that? Really good feedback. Yes, I think it was the best Saturday night they had <laughs> there, actually. So we put a lot of it work into it. It was unbelievable because yeah, it, it was like good. it was r- raining heavily. There was a food truck outside. Yep. And there was a it was wall to wall. People were just packed in there. It was a big night. Yeah, we had a good good time. We had friends of ours, they were running the food truck out the front and we teamed up Van with... Dango, all organic. Dango, yes. <laughs> <laughs> locally sourced yeah, produce. Unbelievable food as well. <laughs> every th- every dish that went past... Oh, you didn't have anything? Yeah, uh, I had just like, um, was it nacho fries that they did? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which was delicious. Yes. But like every dish that went past, I was like, should have got that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, should have got that. It, um, it was good. What was that seafood dish that they had that looked Cra- unreal? Uh, mud crab burgers. Yeah, that looked really mm. good. Oh, and the sushi. Or? What was the sushi? Deep fried well? sushi. Yeah. Good <laughs> plug we're giving for Van Gogh, but yeah. it's, it's deserved <laughs> because it was delicious. Yeah. Never heard of them before, so. Yes. Where do they normally uh, operate? So they're Mornington based. Oh, okay. But they've been going to the sort of usual food truck halls, yeah. mostly during summer in Richmond. Yeah, just um, like the, the park in. Yarraville? Just near you. Oh, yeah, okay. Yarraville, yep. places like that. Um, yeah, but look, look, he, look, he's an old mate. Like, we'd literally known each other since we were 15 and we'd go around to his place on the weekend. We'd take a keg, sit there and cook. And yeah, we'd be a keg, not yeah. like bottles. <laughs> and he just does all the food. Yeah. But, but yeah, they grow all their own produce. Like, it's literally him, you know, all the herbs, everything. He actually does it himself and, um, yeah, labour of love, of course. But he does occasionally cook with our beer, which we're trying to get him to do a little bit more, but... Uh, which he did that night. He braised he the uh, was it the ribs beef ribs with JSP. Yep, mm. it was pretty good. Yep. Um, so, are you getting beers outside of the state now as well? Yes, we are. We've um, we're into New South Wales and <coughs> Queensland. So we've got down up at Culliber in Brisbane mm-hmm. doing that. And uh, a good friend of mine, or ours, sorry, Ian from uh, IS Wine. He's got a wine distribution. Little business he started up. Yeah, he's just popped it's up in New South Wales. Sorry, New South Wales. Yeah. How long have you been getting the beers outside of Vic? We kind of had a bit of a flutter, oh, probably back in February, and we've, uh, particularly in New South Wales, had beers go to sort of all the usual suspects. Um, Quarrymans have been really supportive. I know mm. they go in there pretty regularly when I'm up in Sydney and like Union Hotel and the like, but. 
that's more been when we've had stock that we could send and sure. hasn't really been we haven't been able to be consistent and I suppose fair to that market to actually have our beers available and that's the whole purpose of building a brewery to have that you know constant um, supply to your, your actual di- distributors and uh, yeah pretty chuffed Ian's actually got it into um, long grain up in, in Sydney which is obviously and they're chewing through the beer which um, you know that's the type of places we like to see our beer they have a Melbourne long grain as well don't they, they? Do. Yeah. is your beer there? no oh. <laughs> <laughs> might have to tee that up I'm just, I'm just writing that down Luke yeah, yeah. Um, and it's I mean it's great getting beer into high profile restaurants as well because it well, we can get free meals, hopefully. That's yeah. the idea. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it, it present they, you know you know they're going to present the beer at least somewhat well, um, yep. and, and, and done well. And it's an in- interesting one for us because obviously there's always been a little bit of like you're either a beer distributor or you're a wine distributor. I personally think that will change over the next few years because people who are sommelier trained have palates that can and are appreciating beer mm. um, and you know that's why we've we've gone with him because number one he knows us and he can be a reflection of our personality and a genuine one and that's really important to us but mm. he also has a brilliant palate and he can talk about characteristics of beer in a way that um, it's beneficial to the industry to bring those type of mm. people into beer as well and also be able to link it to food using his palate that's exactly yeah. and they're the, they're the gatekeepers right correct we Without them getting good beer on menus, it's not going to get there in those kind of places. And that's where there's a massive market for that because a lot of these, you know, not all, but um, nice restaurants out there have got an amazing wine list, Mm. but the beer list, you know, has a lot to be desired. Mm. So I think that's... Five lagers. I know, yeah, yeah, and yeah, sort of the usual. But I think that that is exciting that that's starting to change now and, Mm. um, you know, yeah, that's what we're trying to aim at least. If you you can get a head sommelier in a restaurant to pause for a moment on a beer then that means that beer becomes not an afterthought anymore in that restaurant they go right okay maybe i I do need to you know because usually sommelier is not in control of the beer list either that's the interesting there's a beer guy or there's a Mm. a wine guy and or person i should say so if we can do that then that just builds not just our you know our beer up but it builds the the collective um, appreciation of beer as a Mm. as a drink that yeah that's really good what else is like that that i can correct include yeah and as you know i really like going out to, to nice restaurants and well, who doesn't i guess and being able to get a really good beer and a really good wine and a really good cocktail or a really good whiskey um and it's kind of so many places the beer part is what's missing You're slowly seeing that change which is exciting i think mm. and i think it can work the other way as well like a tap house in St Kilda just opened up Wilfred's Bar I think it's the first Friday of every month yeah. doing it's like a pop-up whiskey situation mm. yeah ex- exactly so gone from being a you know the, the original <laughs> 20 taps place in Melbourne to now blending beer with spirits and giving people the opportunity to come in and not just drink beer but actually have a cocktail or spirits mm. and a good wine list as well I think I, I don't know much about it other than a friend sort of telling me uh, what they're doing there. But are they using sort of beer and cocktails in kind of different ways? Like uh, they're getting work from a brewery and oh, extracting n- that? No, that not, not the uh, hot scotchy. Right. I, I, I don't. This is all I've been told. Yeah. So. No, no, no. It's uh, like sort of boilermakers. Well, you look at like Boilermaker House down yeah. here in Melbourne and um, 
what's the other whiskey whiskey, whiskey and ailment mm-hmm. and um but yeah look like wilfred's is done by um cassie who's been at the tap house mm-hmm. for quite a long time and um yeah i think that that that's really good because it's it's building every genre of alcohol it's not just trying to focus on one area and saying we're the best no everything mm-hmm. is related to your palate and you should be able to enjoy a wine or a beer or a cocktail and and all the good stuff's made by good people, right? So you want to support everyone that's good. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, and, and we're seeing that with gin at the moment, you know, all the small gin producers and um, realising that, yeah, it's, it, everything's good if it's done well. Mm-hmm. Correct. Uh, and for the right reasons, yeah. I guess. Um, so this is going to be a pretty big question. If, if you guys had sort of one piece of advice to pass on, I guess, from brewing and then, then sales to, to people, because... You know, there's a lot of people looking to, to do what you guys are about to do. Um, what's what's the advice you'd pass on? The look on your face right now, Renee, is amazing. <laughs> <You just know. laughs> it's a lot harder than what you think. I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 tough, but it if you really yeah if you're really passionate about it, then yeah. It just make sure you love it. Yeah, like you make really sure love, you love it, it, and you really want to do it. Uh, Everyone loves a beer. Well, most people should, <laughs> in my opinion. But it's not just about drinking booze and having a good time. Like, that's part of it. But um, I think whoever, if you're going to do it with other people, make sure you've got a strong relationship with them, one that's built on honesty and respect for each other. Uh, make sure you're financially and numerically skilled. And I mean, you know, if you can't balance a ledger maybe go and get some training if you're not good at excel don't do this because it's all about numbers as the margins are not great in the alcohol industry and if if you're letting money slip out the door then you're going to get yourself into trouble and have you had to to learn all that along the way uh i've probably had the luxury of having a certain skill set there and and also having some pretty strong people around us that have been really helpful uh, and generous with their time there Um, my dad's great there we've got an, another gentleman jason who helps us with the business and um yeah so renee does all of our accounts on a daily basis and does a cracker job of just keeping an eye on basically our, our mortgage money <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> um, and and look i kid you not there like we've you know we've we've had to remortgage a house to you know pay for this choice of um our lifestyle and and endeavor and you know we're, we're quite comfortable with that but just make sure you are Mm. What's the year one plan for the business once you open doors? For the for the brewery? Yeah. Well, we want to release, yeah, the Saison series. We'll finally release our IPA, which will, uh, I'm not sure when we'll do it, but it's definitely a beer that I need to do in, in the brewery. Mm-hmm. A lot of dry hopping and the like. We are already playing around with our sour program. Good fun. We've had some... How does, that, how does that go? Sorry to interrupt with yeah. uh, another brewer. Is uh, he okay so with some wild yeast? No, no. So, so what? So what we do? Um, my parents have a farm out at Nanagoon, which is where we grow hops at the moment. We've got about sixty hop rhizome plants out there. Uh, out there, we've got storage facilities for barrels. Um, Dad's got a front end loader that we can load barrels up on. The usual blah blah blah. Um, so it is basically taking work putting it in barrels and then dosing it out there. So completely off-site. Great. So not, not in the brewery environment. Um, That's a handy little option to have, though. Mm. It is. Yes. Um, 
Hopefully they don't sell the and then we went. <laughs> yeah. Are they going to come out as, as Wolf of the Willows? Brand Not sure yet. Brand them slightly different? Don't know. We, we don't know what we'll do there. Um, it's obviously, like the experiments we've done, we're just starting to be able to taste them after they get through that kind of sick period. Sorry, sick meaning that mm. the sours, they go through a <laughs> pretty ordinary time and then they start to mature and They just turn into dishwashing liquid for a time, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer baby vomit as my yeah. description. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm really selling the beer here. Yeah. Um, but look, we're not sure what we do with the branding there. It's uh, more about understanding how we can practically do it without, as you've rightly pointed out, impacting upon the brewing environment, which with, you know, obviously bacteria and other bugs running around you've got to be very careful so you're going to have packaging facilities off the bat uh we do so it's uh it's a two-head system that will allow us uh to well we're about to put the xpa in 330 mil anyway genius yep. so just because we have to um so we'll be able to do that it's still very labor intensive and then you know, because we're self-funding we just don't have the cash to yeah, invest in we, we, we will get a canning line in that brewery it's just when we do it. Um, so That sounds fine, but four packs of XPA, though, yeah, that sounds like a great yeah. idea. Yeah, I was thinking four packs or six packs of the well, ISA. There's your scoop, summertime. mate. That, that will come <laughs> that uh, mm. late, late, probably summer. We'll, Excellent. Uh, we just... Bottling days are hell on earth. <laughs> <laughs> so when you say you've got your Saison series in mm. line for summer, will that just be at the brewery on dr- draft? Or Ju- just kegs. So yeah. we'll, we'll release, we'll probably keep most of it for the brewery, but we'll release kegs to um, venues, certain venues that are interested and have supported us. And But that that's more for us just indulging our... You, know. you indulge. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I've got, got to sell it again. Have, have a bit of fun <laughs> with it, but... Um, yeah, that, no, we won't be bottling that up. I, I, yeah, don't, yeah, I, I don't think the market really is ready for that yet. Um, I reckon off draft, people will muck around with it, but yep. maybe next summer we, we would. And, it, and look, if there's a standout beer in there um, that everyone seems yeah, It's a great way of getting feedback um, from like sort of beers you wouldn't normally have better justify yeah. a full batch of as it's well. Like the, the, the Gabs experiments that mm. everyone does, you know, they, they wait and they release their beers there and see how social media... Mm reacts to it and then they package it up and release it are you sharing packaging with derek the the line we will yep, correct okay. correct so we, we are for all arguments sake we're pretty we are bonded at the hip mm-hmm. it's just we are we are separate businesses and obviously have you know that they are a brew pub business model we are a, well we we are using it for a production facility so complement each other but still a lot of the know, bricks separate. and mortars are safe yeah yeah, okay. yeah correct which we think works really well. Yep. So what I'm hearing is there's going to be some cans of Derek's APA in the future. Is that right? <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> tried this APA? Tried a few of Derek's beers that he's made at Red Duck. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. The standout that I remember is uh, might be 2013 Gabs. Centennial Red Man. Red Duck had two beers in the yep. festival. One that Scott made, one that um, Derek made, and it was a Centennial Pale Ale. Unbelievably good. And I think it was his APA... Mm. Recipe with Centennial Hops as the main feature. Right on what? the money. Yeah. Not bad, Dave. So, um, <laughs> memory there. Uh, yeah. It's a couple of festivals ago. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, and that was like, it, it's like Gab's is a festival where uh, outlandish beers stand out. And that was a pale ale that knocked me for six. So, like, you just sort of, you sort of knew that that was a great sort of beer. So, you know, he, he, he um, very accomplished brewer. Brewing ability to recipe, uh, develop recipes 
and that's and that this is why we've partnered together like we, we've got myself and renee we, and derek and diddy and it allows derek and i to shadow box with each other about certain things you know even business ideas brewing ideas it just creates that uh, you know, more well. yeah knowledge yeah yeah great so you mentioned yeah. at the venue um, you're going to have probably two taps of your beers how many overall taps are they going to be eight altogether no. si- oh sorry uh, uh, ten taps ten. six of Derek's beers or um, Bad Shepherd's beers and then there'll be two guest taps so great. they are um, and you know compliment them for doing it they are wanting to support other breweries that are up and coming by you know getting beers on tap and, and it's also better for the consumer you know the consumer mm. come and get variety so it, it's yeah. also great like and I, I mentioned it before you know you get the locals into your local brewery and then you say oh there's also this other local brewery that's you know maybe a couple of suburbs over and mm. well, you know you're here now try that one or, or that's an option um, yeah. I think you got to back each other yeah I think it's yeah it's good to get everyone involved the biggest thing is that and we're banking on it <laughs> craft beer <coughs> it's not about slicing the pie in smaller pieces it's about making can't <laughs> believe how loud that motorbike is <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable yeah yeah, so like the pie, something to do with 200 pie, yeah. cc too it was a tiny little one <laughs> was it even cool um yeah like just make the pie bigger and i think that if you educate the the consumer about other breweries that are in the local area then that just means that more people will come yeah, into it right. and, and that that's as i've mentioned before that's what we're wanting to do in bayside and we just think there's so much opportunity for that and you know you as i said two brothers boat rocker kaiju uh, and exit yeah riders are in Moorabbin riders as well, correct think, yeah, yeah. They're, they're not having a um uh cellar door but no, uh but yeah. juicy yeah, yeah. So riders will probably get a pretty good guernsey at the the brewery as well, Excellent. don't we? Yeah, and he's, a, he's an all-star. Uh, he, he is uh, so an all-star yeah. MC, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, Shandy's the, the ringleader. Don't yeah. worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> and brews cracker beers, so you know. That yeah, helps. they've been going under the radar completely. Those yeah. beers for me, um, and every time I've had one, I've thought, "Jesus, this is actually really good." Yeah. Um, sorry, I shouldn't say that surprise. Like, but no one's really talking about them, yeah. you know. And then you you have one, you're like, "Why isn't anyone mentioning this beer?" Mm. Smaller beers. I think don't get enough fair play in our environment. Everyone goes, oh, you know, they talk about the big beers, but their pale rider as a, just an everyday quaffer beer is just beautifully made, you know, simple, but yeah, lovely beer, so. Should we take a quick break and then come back and wrap up? Let's do it. Cool. Welcome back. All right, let's uh, let's do some recommendations. We've had some extensive talk off off mic about a big debrief. What we're going to recommend to each other? Uh, Dave, like we're comfortable with it. Yeah, we're okay. Give the abridged version. Yeah, we can probably execute this. Dave, Uh, what are we going to start with? Um, What do you want to start with? I'm going to start with the beer recommendation. Huh? Do it. All right, mine's going to be the uh, first entry into the Tinnage series from Mornington Peninsula. We started with the uh, Saccharifera Stout, which was a 4.1% uh, milk stout. Um, we talked on the way here about I've got a cellar full of Imperial Stouts and barley wines that I want to get rid of so I can make way for some sours and funky stuff like that. So I've only been drinking like 8, 9, 10, 
stouts. Uh, so when I had this 4% stout that was still sweet from their choice of their malt backbone, it was magnificent because it was uh, sweet initially up front, uh, coffee there, really dry finish, so good. Huge recommendation of that. Yeah, I think I might pick up some cans on the way home. Uh-huh. Attractive can as well. They're on top of it. Different labels than the normal Mornington Peninsula. Yeah, this is like just a, um, a silver steel can with a big cow face on it looking at you. Yeah. Great. It's a big break from their normal... It is, isn't it? Uh, ...traditional Very kind like of branding. Because they have that, that traditional look, right? Mm. That circle... And the thing mm. is, though, like they have done some um, teaser shots of their Imperial Amber mm-hmm. going into cans. And those cans look so great. That it's What's different about those? What's different about what? Oh, they're putting them in cans? So, like, it's... I don't know if you've seen it, but it's like just the label. It's like a dark navy blue label with their little crest logo on it. So, just pretty much the exact label but in can form. And that looks great. Mm. But um, in this particular one, they've gone uh, outside the box. Mm. Good beer. Good one. Scott? I'll go my beer recommendation to begin with. It's probably a little late in the season for it, but... Probably most of the people listening to this will have had it, but the Red Hill Imperial Stout, I think this year's version is exceptional. I've had it both at the brewery and out of bottle, and I can't fold it in any way. It's just a, a go-to beer for me if I'm looking for something a little bit heavier at the moment. It's awesome. really, really well brewed. Excellent. Jump onto you, Renee, for my a turn. beer recommendation. Okay. It's probably, I'm really talking about one of my favourite beers, really, which is Creek, the cherry beer. Um got some nice memories for that one uh, I used to have a few of those probably about 15 years ago when I lived in London mm. my Belgian friend um, yeah she would always bring back a slab back to London when she went back to visit her parents and they were in cans then so we'd just drink creaking cans and yeah right do you know do you remember which one it was it was the cherry one but I don't is that oh, it, it might uh, have been the the boon I would probably the boon. I'm not too sure slab of boon creek a slab of boon that's of right that. 15 years ago so that's what pretty amazing hmm. and coming into summertime get a get a creek get an imperial stout for when the sun goes down You'll that's be happy. right mm. perfect match made in heaven <laughs> yeah yeah blend the two see what happens <laughs> <laughs> cherry ripe yeah maybe <laughs> definitely yeah uh, my beer recommendation and this is I, I struggled for a beer recommendation but um, I've just poured myself another little taste of the Crown Ambassador and I really enjoyed it. What do you um, love about it? It's smooth. It's really tasty. It's really well put together. It shows the skill that, that CUB brewers have and the technical knowledge. I think it all comes out in this. Mm-hmm. There's no jagged edges. There's no rough points. There's no problems with it. It's from start to finish a really well-made beer. And, and for 96 Barrel-aged lager. Yeah, it drinks way under that. Um, you yeah. th- so many things can go wrong in that in that process. Uh, and, yeah, they've just completely nailed it. So, I know people don't <coughs> want to spend 100 bucks on a bottle, so get four or five mates, spend 20 bucks each, and, uh, yeah. You're laughing. Have a go. I I think everyone should give it a shot. doesn't translate by the podcast medium, but it's also really pretty. It looks really mm. nice in the glass. Yeah. Warm, warmed up really well, too. Mm. Yeah, I like that recommendation. I guess we're on to non-beers now, huh? We are on to non-beers. All right. Well, I am a recent convert uh, into Netflix, which I think might have been uh, a vague recommendation in the past, just Netflix. Yeah, I think I did I that. I think you yeah. might have been that. Yeah. Um, I've just jumped headfirst into Narcos, the uh, Netflix original series uh, about Pablo Escobar, and it's fantastic. 
I'm only three episodes in, but um, it's really engaging. So if anyone's Netflix members and you're already not watching it, then I I'm insist. I'm trying to watch House of Cards at the moment. I'm hating it, so I might jump out and jump into mm-hmm. Narcos. Basically. There's only 15 seconds between episodes. You've got to jump out quick. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> Scott? Well, before you go and get the, the Narcos episodes, go to the um, South Melbourne Market, park up the top, go down in the food court. There's a tiny little Polish sausage smokehouse place that's run by two mature ladies, shall we say, that uh, produce the most beautiful pork smoked chops on earth. Uh, jump across to there's a couple of little chicken shops there you can get really cheap um, marinated chicken wings like four bucks a kilo easy meal chuck them in the, the oven simple a good one. simple and pleasures if you parked on top when you go back you probably go past that oh, nut swords. place right oh the nut place yeah, yeah, yeah. some smoked almonds or something like that yeah, yeah you get the little curry peanuts as well and and, the, and of course uh, swords bottle shops in there as well and they got some pretty cracker beers in there would they have your beers in there they may. <laughs> People have to go and find out, I think. I have actually picked up uh, your beers from Swords and Queen Vic Market. They're always there as well. Yep. Um, yeah, Swords so Bottle Shops have in a market. Mm. Mm. You've you got good, good wines in there as well. Mm. So, Renee. My turn. Head us with a non-beer. Sure. Well, when we have time, we like to watch a, an episode of something as well. <laughs> We're uh, a little bit obsessed with True Detective at the moment. Bit of a fan of the first season with Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson. Have you watched the second season yet? We're into the second season at the moment. Definitely different style. Mm. Not bad. Yeah. Not as good. Yeah. <laughs> the first good. season was a belter though. Oh, was, yeah. incredible, I reckon. So, you look, you know, we're probably a bit behind the times to be recommending yeah. it. I reckon anyway. we'll be jumping across <laughs> to uh, Narcos. Narcos yeah, is a good one. Yeah. We when did Matthew McConaughey jump from, like, the goofball into a serious <laughs> actor? He's done some great... Yeah. He did the Dragon movie back in the day. There was that... It was like a sci-fi Dallas Buyers Club. That's well, pretty amazing. Yeah, true. Yeah, because yeah, like just recently Oscar his work has yeah, been unbelievable. Yeah. But um, I see. I still think he's playing Waterson from Days and Confused. <laughs> like <laughs> watching Dallas Buyers Club, in my mind, it's like, well, this is just what happened to Waterson. Right. <laughs> he kind of stayed in the same town, ended up what wrangling like being a, a rodeo guy mm. and then this is what happened to him because it's the same voice he's just doing the same voice well I mean he's well, like I'm not keeping like the same like vocal cords that's exactly yeah, yeah. So. Well, it's like better than rom-com then. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's I'm not against it I, that's <laughs> a great character yeah it's like it's better than one of those movies where like he's back to back with I don't know who the actress would be but then <laughs> he's looking like Oh. Uh, I've ah. got you under my thumb, but she's like, uh, uh, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, did a fair bit of visual stuff there, which doesn't even get the translate. Yeah. Yeah. I found it amusing. Okay, though. good. Yeah, we'll put a photo up in the show yeah. notes. Yeah. <laughs> um, you probably think I wouldn't be able to recreate it later on, but I will. So. Are you thinking of the one with yeah. Kate Hudson? Possibly. Oh, one of those transferable ones. <laughs> Have yeah. lose a guy in ten days. That's it. Yeah, That's it's been it. on TV numerous times. I've watched it once. It was alright. Was it? Yeah, I'd have hated it. I often I'm thankful about that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just finished True Detective the first season recently and really enjoyed it. Mm. It's a it's good, good one. Um, so my recommendation uh, is to get good headphones. I've been using just earbuds for running right and stop using them because I just don't use headphones when I run. I thought maybe I'll spring some cash and get some good headphones. And I went and tried them all on in the shop. Man, it makes a difference. Yeah. Really good pair of headphones. It's just changed. It's changed my music. Mm. I've been appreciating. Change your listening uh, experience. Uh, yeah. So yeah, spring the extra cash, get rid of those iPhone he- 
bloody earbuds you got and enjoy your music. Support Dr. Dre, eh? Hey? No, no I'm, I haven't got. I'm not <laughs> saying support Beats. <laughs> I haven't got Beats. I did like. I did buy some Beats, and they sound great. And I must have an odd shaped skull because it hurts to wear Beats for me. So I couldn't do that for too long. So, so the pet that I've got is a Sony. I don't know the brand. The the you do. You just said it. No, sorry. The whatever the the, oh, like the model, model number or whatever. But they're really good. They were and down you go jogging with them? No, so, so I've stopped oh. running with with headphones. So oh. I can He's yeah, all business, yeah. 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 He just has the Rocky music in his head when he is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, should we wrap this up? Uh, I think we're done, yeah. Uh, where can we find you guys on the internet? Wolfofthewillows.com.au or Facebook? Better yet, come to the brewery. 386 Reserve Road, Cheltenham. When are you going to be open? Mm. Mid-November, we hope. Oh, that's soon. Come down. If you love pork ribs, mm. every smoked morsel on the earth um in good beer yeah come down to bayside close to um hyatt train station little bar there called hawkers to have a beer there and then come across mm, great. beautiful mm. great uh dave where can we find you on the internet uh you find me on twitter at melb dave same thing with instagram you can find uh the ale of a time p- uh, facebook page at facebook.com forward slash ale of a time yep how about you uh at ale of a time on twitter and instagram um, thank you for theme music from Toe Harder. Uh I think he's touring he's over in Europe doing like a big metal festival oh yeah so go if Mike if you're in Europe and listening to us yeah if you're in Amsterdam I think he's in Amsterdam <laughs> okay fair put enough put that bloody put that smoke down yeah as much he's away and go listen to some Toe Harder. fair enough we'll do, the, do them both at the same time yeah if you can give us a rating on iTunes that'd yep. be appreciated that would really be appreciated we haven't had a new one for a while haven't we no have I you guys rated us on iTunes Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Two more incoming, I hope. Yeah. All right. Cheers, everyone. We'll Cheers. Be next time. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs>